Hey everyone, welcome to For God Girls, the podcast. This is episode three and it's called The Past is Practice. So of course, before anything, we're going to get straight into prayer and then we will get into the episode. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to spend time with you, to study your word, to apply it to life, Lord God. I thank you for that. I thank you for the the revelations that you give when we read your word, that how you speak to and through to us through your word, Lord God. And I'm just so grateful for that. I ask that you would Anoint me right now so that I can convey your message in the way that you would want me to share it with your people, Lord God. I pray that someone is inspired, uplifted, and encouraged by what they hear today on this podcast. And I just pray over everyone under the sound of my voice that they will have a wonderful week going forward and that they can take this message with them and that it plants a seed in their heart to grow closer with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, yes, this is called The Past is Practice, and I'm laughing because this is my third time recording it, and my last one I recorded, I was satisfied with it, but I literally had uploaded it, and I was about to get in my bed, and I, like, had a revelation. I was like, I have to, I needed to tie this into the message, and into what I was saying because it you know it's okay for me to share my personal stories and I don't mind doing that because I know that that helps other people feel better about what they've gone through or going through and things like that but a big part of this I want to really make sure I do is teach what's in the bible because the bible is the truth like I can have all these lived experiences but when you see it in the bible you know I'm not making it up you know it's not just a oh that happened for Jasmine like no it didn't just happen for me this is what I use is I apply this to my life and it's how I'm able to just sustained day to day it, it has truly helped me i'm not telling you something i haven't done i haven't read i haven't studied this has truly helped me and so i got out the bed and i was like i have to do this <clears throat> so again the episode is called the past is practice and it's going to be centered around forgiving yourself forgiving others and not being a slave to your past, not being shamed for what you have done. Understand that God has forgiven you, that God uses imperfect people, that God can change your life in a day, two days, three days, you know. So it doesn't matter what you were doing before. Once you give your life to Christ, you are made new. And every single day that you wake up, you have new mercies. So I'm going to speak from a bunch of different scriptures, but mainly, well, I'll start and like we'll walk through it. But I'm going to start with Acts and then I'll tie in the rest of them. So we'll start with Acts 8.3, which talks about um, Paul's past. So Paul is one of Jesus' disciples. And before he was Paul, he was Saul and he was wilding out, basically. He, he was persecuting the church. 
He was killing people. He was not with God at all. He was a murderer. For, like that's what he was and simply in a matter of an experience God was like okay enough of that and his life changed so first thing I'm going to read is Acts 8 um, Acts chapter 8 verse 3 so just, just Paul's background his past but Saul tried to destroy the church going from house to house he dragged out the believers both men and women and threw them in jail so Paul was not rocking with God. <laughs> That's pretty much how that went. So next I'm going to move to Acts 9, verse 3. And I'm going to read quite a bit here. And this one talks more about how Saul's life was changed in a matter of days. So Acts chapter 9, verse 3, and just follow along if you can. As Saul was coming near the city of Damascus, suddenly a light from the sky flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? He asked. I am Jesus, whom you persecute, the voice said. But get up and go into the city where you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with Saul had stopped, not saying a word. They heard the voice, but could not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, but he could not see a thing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. For three days, he was not able to see. And during that time, he did not eat or drink anything. So just to put a pen in it, <laughs> that's what God did. He's like, you persecuted me. You while and out, I'm about to show you how much you really need me. So keep that in mind. So as we keep reading, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. He had a vision in which the Lord said to him, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, get ready and go to Straight Street. And at the house of Judas, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come in and place his hands on him so that he might see again. Ananias answered, Lord, many people have told me about this man, about all the terrible things he has done to your people in Jerusalem. So Paul's past is being brought up. And he has come to Damascus with authority from the, from the chief priests who arrest all who worship you. The Lord said to him, go, because I have chosen him to serve me, to make my name known to Gentiles and kings and to the people of Israel. And I myself will show him all that he must suffer for my sake. So Ananias went, entered the house where Saul was and placed his hands on him. Brother Saul, he said, the Lord has sent me Jesus himself who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. He sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes and he was able to see again. He stood up and he was baptized. And after he had eaten, his strength came back. So that part talks about his conversion. Literally three days went by 
three days ago he was a murderer he was persecuting people he was on his way to persecute people when he encountered jesus he could not eat he could not drink he could not see and he's praying because he's at his weakest he's at his lowest and he's praying to this god he did not believe in three days ago and god sends someone to re not redeem him but to take this affliction away from him he sends someone to bless him and when the person is like, I know about his past, I'm not really rocking with that. The Lord says he has been chosen by me to make my name known. So God chose this murderer. So we'll keep going. <laughs> Saul preaches in Damascus. So Saul stayed for a few days with the believers in Damascus. He went straight to the synagogue and began to preach that Jesus was the Son of God. Three days later, y'all. All who heard him were amazed and asked, isn't this the one who in Jerusalem was killing those who worshiped that man, Jesus? And didn't he come here for the very purpose of arresting those people and taking them back? But Saul's preaching became even more powerful, and his proofs that Jesus was the Messiah were so convincing that the Jews who lived in Damascus could not answer him. So that's where I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> and I'll keep going back and representing these things, but that's where I'm going to leave it. So the moral of the story is God will use anything in your life to elevate you to the next level. Things that you feel like is the worst thing about you, your past that you are so ashamed of, you don't want anybody to bring up. God will use that. Do not let fear and shame stop you. Every day that you wake up, you have a choice to live a new life. Why would you be so stuck on who you were in the past? If God redeems and renews your mind, restores you, gives you brand new mercies every single day that you wake up, why are you worried about your past? You cannot let your past define you or keep you from moving forward. So let's say when... Saul was um, blinded once he encountered Jesus. What if he gave up? What if he was like, I'm not going to pray about this. Like, I do not like this man. He just blinded me. He could stay blind for the rest of his life. So now he's not even persecuting people and he's not saving people because he's just blind. He just decided to give up. What if Paul had just decided to give up? But instead... He turned to prayer because he's encountered Jesus in this moment. And yes, now he can't eat. Now he can't drink. Now he can't see. He's going through a traumatic and terrible time. But what does he do? He starts to pray to the one who he didn't even believe in. Not that he didn't even believe in. The one that he was persecuting. So we don't know if he believed in Jesus or not, but we know he, he was not worshiping him. He did not want to accept him as his Christ. So three days now he's praying to this person that he will be saved, that he will be changed. And that's exactly what God did. God sent someone else to bless him. And that person still focused on Paul's past. It's like, but he just came here to persecute. But God said, I chose him. And that's just how God chooses you. He has chose you. So why would you let anybody throw your past in your face? So what? You don't live there anymore. You're not, I'm not even who I was yesterday. I'm not who I was when I woke up this morning. I'm a new person. I'm better. And I'm going to go forward with 
whatever it is that's in my past, I will use it as a stepping stool because the past is practice. And that's what Paul did. And at the time he still saw, but he's literally like praying, okay, I did these things, but I need to be changed. I want to see again. I want to eat again. I want to drink again. I don't want to be in this state. So if it takes this, it takes believing in Jesus, then that's what I need to do. And God said, okay, I have a purpose for you. I know that you were just murdering people. There were people who I'm sure were not murderers, but they're not the disciples of Christ. But God hand chose this person. God hand chose Saul, a murderer, someone who was persecuting Jesus to be one of Jesus' disciples just to show the glory of God. And so I think we often think our situations are so bad or we're so embarrassed about something that we've been through, but that's when God gets to show up as God. That's when he gets to produce a miracle. That's when he gets to shine his brightest. And you, you, he can truly get the glory when you're in your worst situation. Sure, if you're a millionaire, you're going to keep making millions. Like, that's not unbelievable. But what about when you broke and you can't afford your rent? But now all of a sudden your rent's paid. What about when you don't have a job and your car's about to get repossessed? But now you have a job. That's when God shows up. God can make our pain purposeful. So once Ananias shows up and he heals Saul, Saul is like, I have to go testify about this. I have to go tell everyone about the goodness of the Lord because I've been changed. I had this experience and it changed me. So now I must speak about it. I must tell everyone how my past was this way. And now I am this. I need to share the glory of God and how I was changed. And everybody is looking at him like, are you crazy? And that maybe is how you feel. You're like, I'm not going to talk about this because people saw who I was last year or they saw what I previously was. So what? That's more testimony to what God can do. Why would you? The devil wants you to feel shame about that so that you're not sharing God's glory. That's exactly what he wants. He That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to feel like you cannot testify about this experience you're having. He wants you to be embarrassed about your past. And so that you don't feel comfortable talking about who you are now in God. That is literally his strategy. And I find so many people get stuck there in this shame or they'll even be mad at God. And they're like, I don't want to talk to God because my life is going this way. When that's the person you talk to, and that's the only person who's going to bring you out. There is no better time for God to do a miracle until you're in an unbelievable situation. That's when he can do his biggest miracle. So I say that <laughs> to say and to encourage you, like fear and shame, those those are not fruits of the spirit. Those are negative spirits. And when you have those things, you know that that's not of God. So whenever I get anxiety, I automatically know God does not give you a spirit of anxiety. He gives you a spirit of sound mind. So when I have those type of emotions, I immediately know I need to shift my thinking because that's not a God. God does not give you that type of spirit. So I feel like what I always say, like you have to be in your Bible. You have to know these things because life comes at you fast and it's so easy to get bogged down. It's so easy to be like, I'm going to lay low. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But why? What are you afraid of? 
it's like what what are you afraid of god is not going to if you ask his forgiveness he will forgive you if you ask forgiveness with a sincere heart and you don't plan on keep continuing to make those mistakes now if you go to him just because but you know you plan on doing the same exact sin the next day well then of course you know like that that's going to be null and void but when you go to god with a humble heart and you say like you know i want to change i don't want to be this person this is not you know i please forgive me of my past you're forgiven and god will use that same situation that you thought counted you out as a stepping stone for your life when you let god use you you will find favor with him so again once Saul had started preaching the people was like what this <laughs> this man what is he talking about but again in 19 and 22, it said he continued to get more and more powerful. And what he was testifying about, what he was saying that the Messiah could do, he had so much proof that the people had no choice but to believe him. They could not say anything. And therefore, that favor with God, a man who was just a murderer, a prosecutor, a persecutor, three days ago, is now on his way to being a disciple of Christ someone he was just against three days ago and that is how god can use you he can use your past to elevate you and you don't have to sit in shame you don't have to sit in fear of what i used to be or i can't because this is the reputation i have so what i'm not saying you gotta go share all your business if you don't want to tell so you don't have to tell them what your past was but you do have to tell them how good god is now you do have to believe that god can change you i encourage you to do that i encourage you to stand strong and stand firm in the new you don't let people throw your past in your face because the past is practice i don't care what i did yesterday i don't care what i did two weeks ago two months ago last year that's not who i am today and what I feel like, for me, a big part of, as this relates back to real life and not just the Bible, I'm a very reflective person. And so, although the past is the past, and this is going to be the next scripture, Isaiah 43, 18, 19. So, actually, let's go ahead and look at that before I say what I had to say. So yeah, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. But the Lord says, do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It is happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. And that's truly, that's what he did for Paul. That's what he'll do for you. That's what he's done for so many people. I'm reflective. And so I want to say that I cling to events of the past, but I think about, you know, how could I have done this better? I'm reflective of things that have happened and not, not so far now, before I was, but now 
I can do it. You know, the day it happens and I'm like, all right, I'm about to move forward from this. I don't let it, I'm not going to be thinking about something from five years ago. But I used to be that way where I was holding on to pain and hurt from five, six, seven years ago until I just had to let it go. And how I let it go was I accounted for my actions in the situation. And that's whether somebody wronged me, whether I wronged somebody, I just said, how did, what role did I play in this? And how can I be different going forward? This is not how I want to show up. So how do I change that? And that involved forgiving myself, forgiving others, and moving forward. If God forgives us and he gives us so much grace and we are such imperfect, terrible people, we can do the same. The Lord's Prayer Forgive those that trespass against us. We have to forgive them because we want to be forgiven. And that's it's as simple as that. I have learned that even in that forgiveness, I may want to apologize to somebody. They may not even be willing to accept my apology. But that at that point, as long as I'm being sincere and not have accounted for what I've done, I don't... <laughs> I not that I don't care, but it's not my weight to bear at that point because I've accounted, I've changed, and it's on you to forgive. But if you're not ready to do that, I'm okay because I know I've changed. I know I'm a better person. I know God has forgiven me, so I'm not going to walk around sad that you haven't. I'm just going to keep getting better and continue to pray for you because forgiveness, that's a part of being Christian. We want God to forgive us. He gave his son so that our sins would be forgiven so that is like a key thing in being a christian is forgiveness forgiving others forgiving yourself god forgives so when you're holding yourself to your past and you won't forgive yourself for mistakes you made or you won't forgive people who wronged you years ago or even yesterday you are creating a problem for yourself because god is not an unforgiving god and he does not want us to hold grudges. He does not want us to get revenge. You got to let it go. You got to get that weight up off you. It's not yours to carry. So forgive people. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying let people in your space continuously. You can forgive somebody and never talk to them again. But forgiveness is the understanding that like you did that because of who you are, not because of me. So I can forgive you. No, I may not have even deserved that, but I can forgive you because that's where you were in your life. But I'm not going to let you play with me ever again. No, <laughs> you know. So, again, that's the passive practice. Yeah, I wish I wasn't in that situation or that didn't happen, but also it won't happen again because I can reflect on this situation I can forgive you. I can forgive myself if I hurt somebody. I can forgive myself for letting people hurt me. But I'm moving forward. And what's in my past is in my past. And it does not, I'm not bringing that to the future with me. I'm going forward. God's doing a new thing. I don't have to cling to those things. And I'm not going to let them cling to me. So... I just want to encourage you to take a look at your life. What are, what are some things that you're holding on to that you're letting define who you are that you can let go of? What are some of those things that you just say, I don't want to hold on to that anymore. I can forgive myself. I can forgive this person, whether that's your parents, your 
fifth grade teacher, your childhood best friend, uh, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, your boss. Who do you need to forgive this week? I really want you to think about that. What is something you need to let go of? It could be yourself. What do you need to forgive, heal, and let go of this week to have a lighter week to go forward into the new thing that God is doing? I truly want you to reflect on that. What is it that you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? What in your past can you let go of? In order for God to do a new thing, you have to allow the space for that. You can't be clinging clinging and holding on to the old thing because it won't be space for it. When a new thing shows up, it's going to be like, okay, you still got that old thing. So what is it that you need to let go of in order to do and be the new thing that God wants you to be? For Saul, it was persecuting the church. And it took a life-changing event for him to change, but three days, that's all it took for Jesus to truly change who he was as a person. So don't worry about who he was three days ago. Who do you want to be tomorrow? Who do you want to be when you wake up in the morning? Don't let your past define you, because it doesn't. <clears throat> and I'll share, I'll share a story God's will will always be done that's the that I want to make that a very strong point is you cannot really do anything to myself God's will you can delay it with our mistakes and you know 40 years in the wilderness but God's will will be done my one of my personal testimonies um <laughs> I knew I wanted to go to Hampton University when I was in the eighth grade. I went to a high school day with my mom and my brother when he was in high school. And I seen the band. I seen everything. I knew I was going to Hampton. There was nothing that was going to stop me from going to Hampton. I was going to graduate from Hampton. That's what I knew. I got to Hampton. I did not want to be there. I was like, I'm trying to transfer. I'm trying to get up out of here. <laughs> and this is how strong I've always had kind of like a, a gift of discernment because I knew I shouldn't have left, but I 18 year old me, I was like, I'm doing me. I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> and maybe a week before I was about to transfer, I already had gotten into VCU and I knew what I knew I wanted to go to VCU. I didn't care. Even though Hampton was my dream school, I had no reason to truly not like it, but I was just comparing what I saw other people because, you know, Hampton had curfew. We had a private campus, you know, we couldn't just like walk to the store. It was real. I, I was just trying to be grown, I guess. <laughs> and so um, a week before I transferred, I had ended up getting like a $10,000 scholarship randomly. And I know it was God like, do not leave this school, girl. <laughs> but I was like, do this, I left. So I ended up going to VCU. And I think I was at VCU for like maybe two years. Yeah. And I end up two semesters in a row. I end up failing out of school. I didn't fail out of school two semesters in a row, but I got on like academic probation and then I could only take a certain amount of credits. And then when I did take those certain amount of credits, I really didn't care. And it's not because I'm not smart. I'm so smart. <laughs> and I just was not focused. 
and I was going through something. So like I had fell out. It went from academic probation one semester to academic suspension. And I don't really share that story, not even because I'm ashamed, because obviously I've graduated college now and that's not, it does not define me. I don't care what people think or whatever, because yeah, I failed out of college. Oh, well. But the, the point of this story is God's will cannot be, it's going to get done. So I delayed it, but it's still going to get done. So when I find out that May that I'm on academic suspension. I don't know what, how I figured this out. I don't know if I had got an email from Hampton randomly, but I was just like, I'm not, not going to be in college. Like, yeah, I'm here playing around and not focused, but something when I got academically suspended, I really just turned up in my head. I was like, all right, I'm, what am I doing? So I asked my mom, she would take me to Hampton. I go meet with this lady. She's like, yeah, all you need to do is sign this paper and we will readmit you. I didn't have to, I didn't have to send up my transcripts on that. I did send my transcripts because although I had got academically suspended from VCU, I had also passed several of my classes prior to that season of life when I wasn't doing well. <laughs> but so I did transfer my credits back, but she wasn't like I needed to resubmit an application. I had to reapply. I literally just signed a paper in her office. Next thing you know, I was back in school. So I didn't even take a semester off. I literally got kicked out of VCU last spring. That summer, I moved into my apartment in Hampton and I was going to Hampton. I was back in Hampton and I graduated from Hampton two years later. So that only, I mean, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just, it's a testimony of, I could have been stopped right there thinking I failed out of college and gave up and just like start working full time or something. But I was like, no, I'm not dumb. I know I'm smart and I know how much I love school. So I was just, I figured out what I needed to do and it was get back where I was supposed to be all along. And it only cost me one extra year in college. But when my mom hears that, she's going to think about how it cost her probably about $50,000. So love you mom but um <laughs> seriously that is my testimony because i was disobedient i did some things i shouldn't have done and it cost me but i didn't let that shame keep me where i was at i made a plan got back in school right away and as soon as I got there, blessings on blessings, because I was able to get my first apartment. I had never lived alone before. I just fell out of school in May. Now I have my own apartment in August. I'm going back to school full time. and I'm at my dream school that I wanted to be at all along. School is going well. My grades are good. And I'm able to graduate. So I just say that to say there's not much you can do to deter God's will. You can delay it, but he, but he, God's will will always be done. And don't let shame stop you. Because that's what the devil wants. That's what the enemy wants. I'm, I fell out of college, y'all, but I have my college degree. I have a full-time job. To think that almost 10 years ago, I have fell out of the school and now I teach here. Now I'm getting my master's degree, you know, like 
it's just such a blessing and I, I'm grateful and I, I just shared that so that you can have that connection don't let your past define you I'm a college failure but I'm a college professor now Saul was a murderer and persecutor of Christ then he became Christ's disciple God can change your life just lean on him trust him get aligned with him because if I would have just kept my tail at him, there's no telling what I could be doing. <laughs> but I know God's will is going to be done in my life regardless. And we have, we may take some bumps. We might take some bruises. But keep going. Pause if you must. But don't ever stop. So, once again, um, <laughs> I encourage you this week to... Think about what can you let go of your past? What's stopping you from moving forward or getting to the next level in your life? What can you forgive? Who can you forgive? What can you let go of? What thing in your past do you need to turn your mindset and realize that that was just practice and God is doing a new thing? So that's the end of the episode. I hope you have a wonderful week. I... Pray to God's blessings over your week. Meditate on this. Think about it. What can you let go of? Um, and I will see you guys in February, which will be all about love. It'll be about God's love. It'll be about self-love. May even have a bonus episode. So please tune back in. Rate and review us on the podcast. Share with a friend. Send to a friend. I love you all. I pray you have a wonderful, blessed week, and I will see you all soon. Well, talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye.